You're listening to The Dworkin Report, and I'm your host, Scott Dworkin. On today's 420-day podcast, we've got Alex Halperin, a special guest from the left coast, who is both the news publisher behind Weed Week and author of the new book, The Cannabis Dictionary. You can find Alex's journalism in Slate, The Washington Post, and New Yorker. More recently, he's been writing full-time about weed and brings an interesting perspective to the many questions about the marijuana industry during the coronavirus crisis and its future. Many states are declaring marijuana businesses to be essential during the coronavirus pandemic, which is a milestone moment for the nascent industry. We also discussed racial equality in the marijuana industry, political currents surrounding legalization, and a whole lot more. So please take a moment to enjoy my chat with Alex Halperin as you celebrate 420 Day as much as you can with us at The Dworkin Report. Take a listen. Alex Halperin lives in Los Angeles, and he's the founder, editor, and publisher of Weed Week, which is also the name of his podcast. The Cannabis Dictionary is his first book, and it was published in March. Alex, thanks for joining me today for 420 Day. How are you? Great to be here. It's a wonderful day. I'm quite day. well. It, well, it, it, given everything else, it's it's nice to be able to have some positive energy go around. And, you know, I appreciate all the work you do and especially your book coming out. It's going to be a great read for people who are staying home right now. So yeah, I hope so. For, for 420 Day, I wanted to ask you a question about weed. Yeah. What would be your recommended strain of the day for a good 420, obviously, house party by yourself today? Yeah. Having it home for this most unusual April 20th. And how is the cannabis world celebrating its first uh, virtual 420? So I don't, I don't necessarily buy the strain lexicon. I, I, they're, they're pretty much the same. And we're not necessarily all the same, but strains aren't really a reliable way to tell what you're getting because there's no oversight of it. If there's a hot strain, a shop can call it or a grower can call their product whatever they want if to you know if that's what they think people are going to buy right so while i think there are differences in in product makeup and and maybe how they affect people i don't necessarily buy the this strain is the right one for me oh. but you know i think that there's certainly a lot of folks these days enjoying their weed during quarantine. I think it's helping a lot of people out probably and um, right. or at least helping them pass the time and state governments are recognizing it as essential, which is sort of interesting. It's the first time that's happened. With the first virtual 420, there, you know, a bunch of companies are throwing concerts and sort of streaming festivals with comedians and musicians and and stuff like that. And one guy, the the head of a company called Flower Company, is trying to set a world record for most people consuming cannabis on video chat. On the topic of the day for everybody, COVID, uh, but we'll mix it with cannabis. I heard that marijuana stores are, and other businesses are being considered essential, as you mentioned, uh, during the coronavirus virus pandemic is this a turning point for the industry where it starts further down the path to full legalization just like alcohol i guess like 
what I'm trying to ask here, Alex, is can we use weed to smoke our way out of the economic <laughs> contraction Trump caused by ignoring COVID? Like, really? For real? Um, you, you know, I mean, there's a lot of talk now in the industry among insiders that, um, hey, we're an essential business now. The main exception to that is in Massachusetts, which is not allowing recreational shops to open. And the judge supported that decision. But for the most part, most states are saying, hey, this is essential. And they're making it easier for people to buy with curbside pickup and stuff like that that makes them feel more secure about about the virus. But but it goes further than that. You, you know, cannabis businesses aren't eligible for relief from the, the federal stimulus. And even cannabis adjacent businesses are are not eligible. So so my media company, Weed Week, we're we're not eligible. Although there, it seems like the Small Business Administration is drawing the line and saying like, if you're a sort of heating and air vac um, contractor or or a carpenter or electrician, then you're eligible. But if you're actively involved or could be perceived as involved in promoting marijuana use, then you're not eligible. I don't know if that'll stand up in court, but that's sort of the case it is now. But, you know, it's what I would say is the the industry and the sort of cannabis world is, is no stranger to these kinds of ironies where, you know, right now medical marijuana is legal in dozens of states, but it is still federally illegal and as a result of that, it doesn't get the sort of privileges that normal businesses do. Most notably, it can't access the banking system. And you know, there's a lot of talk that, that this could accelerate acceptance. And it may, but at the same time, it probably needs Mitch McConnell to approve it in the Senate. And there's really no indication that he, he is interested in legalizing marijuana. Right. And I, I can think of maybe thousands of drugs that should be illegal over marijuana that I can think of benzos. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of things like Dilaudid that's gotten out in the market. There's an epidemic spreading throughout the entire country. You know, marijuana is something that as a, a person who has a stomach disorder, you know, I, I it's been a saving grace over the past years when I had to, had to use it, especially for medicinal purposes, which is most of the time. But not every time. And, and, you know, it's just one of those things where I don't know, you know, I know friends that uh, drink alcohol and they've gotten themselves in a lot of trouble for that stuff before, you know, from the usage of it. And I haven't seen friends really get in much trouble, you know, when they use weed. So it's just, it's, it's a very interesting thing. And, and it's crazy. I, I would assume that the alcohol industry would want to get into the weed industry or maybe the tobacco industry is you know, involved because they don't want someone else. Both to are getting involved in Canada where right. it's federally illegal and both alcohol and tobacco have formed some partnerships. Makes sense. I mean, when they have the money, right? You know, how, how long do you yep. think that it'll, it takes until marijuana legalization happens and the cannabis industry becomes no more controversial than the alcohol industry? So people who pay very close attention to this in, in Washington, say, or some of them say anyway, that the, the key factor is a, is a Democratic Senate. And they figure 
that whoever is president next would sign a marijuana legalization bill if it passed Congress, or even a milder bill, such as which would allow access to the banking system, which the industry would really appreciate. And so, it re- and I think almost those bills would pass both houses of Congress right now if they came for a vote. You know, there is a fair amount of Republican support for the industry, if only because it's so popular with their constituencies. A majority of Republicans favor full legalization. But, you know, I, I'm certainly no, no expert on, on where, on how, the timing of it. But, but what I would say is that I think once, once marijuana is legalized, the industry and the Republican Party are sort of natural allies. Right now, the most high-profile person in D.C. who's in, in the cannabis industry is, is John Boehner, former Speaker of the House John Boehner, who's a spokesman for a, for a large, who's on the board of a large company called Acreage Holdings and, and also sort of the, the front man for, for, for an industry group. And I think for a lot of the reasons that the tobacco industry and the alcohol industry find their friends in Washington on the right, that's probably going to be the case with, or that could be the case with, with marijuana too. But at the same time, you know, there's a, there's a strong lingering stigma about the drug. And I think that is preventing it from moving forward. For example, John Boehner, who's made millions of dollars from his associations with the industry has never tried marijuana. And why do you, so they're in the business for the the money, I guess, because there's a lot of potential there, right, for the our economy. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what what I've been covering for the last five years or so is the industry and how they, you know, really want to make this a on a par with alcohol in terms of its size and sort of its acceptance in in mainstream society. This episode of the Dworkin Report is brought to you by Resistors Like You. We aim to keep this show independent for as long as we can. Visit DworkinReport.com to see how you can help out. One of the best ways is by hitting that contribute button in the top right and giving what you can. Thanks again for your support. Let's get back to the show. In in regards to COVID, as we'd helped people that are in you know, maybe sick or at home that are, are coping with it. I was curious about that because since it's a respiratory disease, I am not recommending medicinal anything on this show. I am not saying, you know, like Donald does with the hydroxychloroquine or anything like that, but I'm just curious if there's been any benefits to it. There have been various companies claiming that cannab- cannabis can prevent or, or help treat COVID and there's no there's no evidence for this and and the FDA has actually been cracking down on that pretty pretty rigorously but at the same time for a lot of the same reason for a lot of sort of reasons you might expect cannabis use does seem to be up people have a lot more time to kill and and they're they're feeling anxious and and nervous and all that stuff and and they feel cannabis helps with that so so what it does is it <clears throat> I think it sort of sharpens the the contrast between the the difference between federal and state laws and just sort of the untenability of the situation. So now with with cannabis being called essential, 
some folks in the industry are saying this is going to accelerate our path to acceptance. Another thing that that could help is just that more states and and cities and and even the federal government are going to be pretty hard hard hit financially and cannabis taxes look like a, a pretty attractive option whether or not they're they're going to really deliver as much as as maybe they promise is is another question and is there anything else i haven't asked you that we need to discuss about what you're up to now i, I write weed week we're, we're a media company we publish three free newsletters and a podcast also called weed week and, and original reporting and, and you can find it at, at weedweek.net and i mean we're, we're sort of aimed at both people who are professionals in the space but also the intelligent generalist who wants to learn about what what i think is really the the most interesting industry in the country and i think what's interesting about it is is that it touches on so many of the fault lines in in american life social racial justice in terms of who gets to profit from this industry after minority communities have been disproportionately pun- punished for, for decades for, for the war on drugs. And right now, shorthanded as equity, but it's not really happening. And it, it's a very hard problem to solve. But it, but it also touches on issues of politics and ethical business and, and, and health and science, because as has become clear in recent years, there are some um, medical uses for marijuana, even as perhaps not as many as the, its sort of loudest advocates would say. So it, it's just such a such a rich topic, and and it's a shame that in I, I think in in the current media environment that major national outlets haven't necessarily had had the resources they've been for obvious reasons they've been very focused on the trump administration but but it also i i think something has to do with this is a topic that that people haven't taken seriously i think i think it's a great american story that needs people's attention whether or not they feel like partaking themselves you can follow alex halperin at uh, Alex Halperin, that's H-A-L-P-E-R-I-N. You can go to his website at weedweek.net, and you can check out his podcast there as well, which is also called Weed Week. Alex Halperin, thank you for joining me on 420, and thank you for all the hard work you do. It's really appreciated. Thanks so much for having me, Scott. You too. I want to thank Alex Halperin for joining me today. I want to thank Grant Stern, our producer. You can follow him at Grant Stern on Twitter and to contribute to our podcast, which we would really, truly appreciate. You can go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Dworkin Report. Thank you again for joining me. And to everyone at home, my heart is with you. My soul is with you. I love you. I care about you. Stay strong. Stay home. Stay alive. Save lives. And visit masksnow.org. Grant Stern and several other people started that organization. And they are saving lives. And I'm proud to be a part of it. So you can visit masksnow.org. Thanks again for listening. 
take care. Keep resisting. Onward!